This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Mark Congleton here, your sometimes humble host for this hour of observation, insight, and absurdity. Hoping the last 24 hours has been good to you, to yours, your loved ones, your friends and neighbors, your puppy dogs, and your cats. You notice how cats came last? It's <laughs> the midweek edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. And the last 24 hours has been eventful as far as the news is concerned. Not so much on a personal level, but as the news is concerned, things are things are popping like popcorn. It's a uh, it's a crazy time to be alive in the United States of America. We're watching we're watching several entities try to steal an election from the American people. They tried four years ago and failed, and now they're trying again. And today, thanks to the person who has been in the Oval Office for the last four years, today we see clearly what's going on behind the scenes, something that he promised us that he would do. President Donald J. Trump promised us that he would drain the swamp, and he has done to such a degree now that we can see what has been below the surface of the water all this time. We can see the corruption. We can see the crime. We can see the lies and the deceit. And we can see it much more clearly than we have ever before. Many more people are awake today to the fact that many people with titles in Washington, D.C. are criminals who are on the payroll being paid by our tax dollars and their business every day is to lie to the American public while they do things behind the scenes to change this nation into something it was never ever intended to be never I remind you of what of what happened four years ago and I remind you of why and how we got where we are today. We are here. Because in 2016, against all the odds, against every poll and political prediction, Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton and became our 45th president of the United States. On election night, every newscast was buzzing about the historic event about to occur, America's first woman president was about to be elected. Donald Trump had no chance of winning the contest, but he did. Since then, the left has been trying to destroy the man who defeated their candidate. You know what has happened. It's been a nonstop parade of lies and deception, horrible accusations, political games, all designed to convince the American people that they had chosen poorly, that the wrong person was elected president all to convince them to vote for someone else in 2020. Looking back at 2016 now, it is easy to see what the Democrats were planning to do. They had just seen eight years of America's first black president, a historic happening, which they realized was the key to electing the next president of their choosing, another minority candidate. Democrats played the race card to elect Obama, those who objected to Obama for any reason whatsoever were labeled as racists. 
It didn't matter that he was a radical leftist whose political career started in the living room of the leader of a domestic terror group. It didn't matter that very little was actually known about Barack Hussein Obama, that nobody who went to college with him could place him there, or that he was known about or what was known about him was troubling. If any of this was brought up, it was attributed to racism. Obama was a double positive for the Democrats. He was a black man, and he was a historic choice. During his two terms, Obama laid the groundwork for what he called during his campaign the fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. A transition away from a constitutional republic to a socialist democracy. His supporters even wanted him to move faster, but he told them he wasn't a king and was restricted by the Constitution until he was elected to his second term and didn't need to be concerned about re-election. And he could do whatever was necessary to begin his fundamental transformation of the United States of America, which he did. When it came time to elect the next president of the United States, the Democrats knew what had to be done. They had to run another candidate who was protected by their status as a minority, but not a racial minority this time. It had to be a candidate with a different intersectional power. It had to be a woman. America's first female president. Anyone who objected would be accused of misogyny. And they were. The Democrats knew they had the perfect candidate in Hillary Clinton and that she wanted to be president so badly that she would do whatever she was required to do for them. She would continue what they had started with Barack Obama and push the fundamental transformation even further. Hopefully, to complete socialism. And this is why we are where we are today. The Democrats lost their opportunity to continue their transformation and poured all of their energy into destroying the person responsible, the political outsider who stepped in their way. Their ultimate goal was to prevent his re-election and resume their plan with another pliable candidate who desperately wanted to be president and would do their bidding. That candidate would be Joe Biden. But Joe Biden is old. He's frail. His mental capacity is clearly diminished. He can't really function as a real president. So they partnered him with someone who also desperately wants to be president and will do whatever they're told. And who just happens to have even stronger intersectional credit than the first black or female presidential candidate? The first black female to be to, to potentially hold the office of president. Kamala Harris. The candidate who dropped out before the first preliminary vote. The candidate who knew she could not win. But she was important to the Democrats because... She's usable. 
She will do whatever she's told to do and say whatever she is told to say. The Democrats want power and control again. They want to continue their political plans. Their desire is so intense that they will break state and federal campaign laws to achieve their goals. And we've just watched them do that. And that's why we are where we are right now. Because since 2016, the Democrats have been working behind the scenes underground to rig the 2020 election. This time, so there was no way they could lose. But they failed again. Once again, they underestimated the will of the American people to remain free. Because during Donald Trump's presidency, they had a taste of that freedom. They had a taste of what it was like when the country was run the way it's supposed to be run. They saw jobs increase. They saw unemployment drop. They saw their savings increase. They saw their retirement plans become healthy again. They saw the potential of their medical care to actually cost less. And they saw that their borders might actually be secure for the first time in a long time. And they began to feel safe again. And they liked it. And so when Election Day came around, everything the Democrats did went a long way, but it didn't go quite far enough. And in key cities, in key states around America, the Democrats, in the middle of the night, shut down vote counting and added more votes for their candidate. Just enough to have a narrow win. But that number of votes was so large. And those key cities all did it in the dark of night at around the same time. And people put the pieces together and realized there was illegal activity. There was vote fraud. And the closer we looked, the more we saw Dead people voting, people who no longer resided in the states voting, underaged people voting, votes materializing out of thin air. All of it has been found, all of it documented, all of it testified to with signed sworn affidavits by not just hundreds of people now, but thousands of people. Witnesses to the crime committed in state after state to steal an election. So where we are today is because the Democrats were desperate for power and control. The power and control they enjoyed for eight years under Barack Hussein Obama. The front man for their socialist effort to change this country. And they needed another front man. And that front man would be Joe Biden. 
for a while. Because they knew Joe Biden was not up to the task. And they paired him with someone who would be up to the task. Who would be young enough. Who would be pliable and compliant. And who would be hard to resist. Because anyone who did would be called a racist and a misogynist. A black female candidate by the name of Kamala Harris. We are where we are today, in part because you and I failed in our responsibility. We stopped paying attention to what the criminals in Washington, D.C. were doing. We trusted the people that we elected. We didn't suspect that even the good ones would be cowed and be afraid to do what was right. But yesterday we saw that happen. And we'll talk about that during the podcast today, among other things. We are where we are today because we got comfortable. And when we got comfortable, we got lazy. We decided to start paying closer attention to our own lives instead of keeping one eye on Washington, D.C. And over a couple of generations, that lack of attention gave them the ability to game the system and set themselves up a pretty sweet life. And in the meantime, they worked hard to convince everyone in America that they were the experts and should be trusted in all matters. And because they've convinced so many people of that, when right-thinking, clear-minded people sit up and take notice and point out what's going wrong, those who have been deceived point at the right-thinkers and accuse them of all manner of horrible things. Because they can't understand, they can't grasp the reality of the situation because they prefer to be comfortable, to be lazy, and to let the experts run the world. And that's a mistake they will always regret. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. It's Wednesday, the 16th of December. We're under 10 days away from Christmas Day now. You have all your shopping done? I, I think I have all of mine done, and I've said this before, but I'm waiting on a couple of things to arrive that I've ordered, and I'm at the mercy of U.S. Postal System tracking. Do you know what this is like? You know what this is like, don't you? where you get a tracking number and you go to their tracking page and you put it in and really the only information you get is either that a tracking number was generated or that your package has been picked up. That's really all you know. And then one day your package arrives and after the package arrives you, you go check your tracking and that's when you find out the tracking says your package has arrived. Trust me, this is not helpful. 
<laughs> if you want to know, if you want to know if that gift for that special someone has arrived before Christmas, there's no way you're going to know that with a lot of the ways that the postal service tracks things. And I, it occurred to me the other night that, that we were going to put our trust. And I said this before this all actually got geared up that trusting the postal service with the vote was a huge mistake based on our personal experiences with how they track things. You just never know when things are going to arrive. Sometimes they get there when they're supposed to. Sometimes they don't. You just don't know unless you, what is it? Isn't there an upper level you're supposed to be able to, to there's a certain level of tracking you're supposed to be able to, to, uh, to, to get better tracking. I guess it costs more, but still here's the thing. You don't know we were going to trust these people with the vote. And then oddly enough, judging by what we've seen from, from the performance on the election, they actually managed to handle the delivery of the vote. For the most part, there've been some issues. Yeah, there've been some issues, but for the most part, aside from those isolated incidents, they managed to do a good job with that, which we're also finding out was steeped in fraud because they were backdating mail-in ballots and they were, they were, uh, they were mismanaging things. And, but that was all about changing the election, but they put a lot of energy and commitment into that because they wanted the election to turn out a certain way. So when they're really motivated to do something, they get it done and they get it done right. Too bad that motivation doesn't apply to just delivering your packages before Christmas. You have one job, guys. Do your jobs. Let us know when our packages are going to be here. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. But I got, like I said, I got a couple of things that are just like, they're out there in La La Land. They're, they're in the twilight zone. I have no idea where they are. And I really would kind of like for them to be wrapped in under the, under the tree for someone. And, and we've had this happen a couple of times and I, I've, uh, joked with my wife, Jane about this. She, a couple of years ago, she ordered a, um, a pretty little necklace for our, uh, for our nephew's wife. And, and it just, she kept checking the tracking and checking the tracking. And what she wasn't aware of when she placed the order was that it wasn't coming from within the United States. It was coming from overseas somewhere. The seller was here in the United States, but they didn't have it in stock. They were just showing pictures of what they could get. So she bought this pretty little necklace, not knowing it was coming from, from, I hate to say it, China. <laughs> it came after Christmas. <laughs> I know. I see you're nodding your head. You've, you either have had that happen or you know someone that's had that happen. You just have to be careful. You just have to, it's getting to where as much as, as we have reason to dislike <clears throat> Amazon and it's, it's head honcho and what he has done. It's getting to the point where Amazon seems to be just about the only place where you can trust getting accurate tracking and knowing that your package is going to get here. But even then, sometimes you can order something. It tells you it's being shipped UPS. And what happens? It comes UPS smart post. Is that what they call that? Anyway, they get it into the city, your city, and they hand it over to the postal service. And then you don't know what's happening to it. it. It literally falls off the radar when it gets in the hands of the postal service. So there is a way, there is a level with UPS. You can actually pay 
a little bit more per year for a uh, for a, an up chart, an up a step up in your service. So, and I think this also applies to Amazon. You can step up that service so that if any of their vendors uses um, that smart post service where it's it's handed over from UPS to the postal service, UPS just keeps it. And I did that so that I get that stuff I order from UPS instead of it coming through the postal service. And that helps a bit. And I, and I've been doing, I've been, you know, I've been in the house for a while since the, <clears throat> the, the, um, early forced retirement <laughs> went into effect. <laughs> I've been in the house a lot. <laughs> All right. Um, we have been watching computer systems being, uh, being hacked into in America. And yesterday a story popped up that should have gotten your attention about the Pentagon. The Pentagon imposed an emergency shutdown of a computer network that handles classified material yesterday. They they ordered, ordered, mm, they ordered the emergency shutdown of a classified internal communications network. Three, according to three Defense Department sources, the unprecedented daytime shutdown comes amid recent revelations that other federal agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, were breached by hackers. The Defense Department alerted employees that the Cipranet system was being shut down while down in the late morning for emergency software updates. The Pentagon didn't immediately return a request for comment, including one on whether the shutdown was related to the hacking that had been reported on Sunday, allegedly by Russian agents. The system known as the Secret Internet Protocol Router Network, or CIPRANET, handles classified information up to the secret level and was shuttered for several hours. One Pentagon official says this has never happened in the middle of a workday. Updates are usually done on weekends and after hours late at night. This was done on an emergency basis. The shutdown applied only to computers handling that particular classified material. It wasn't imposed on other computers or on phone systems, so it was a, a specific targeted shutdown of a certain place. And clearly, since it happened in the middle of the day, something they couldn't put off until their regular service times after hours, when the offices weren't occupied, it was urgent enough that it needed immediate attention in the middle of the day. So they shut the systems down and updated the software. So some funny business was going on at the Pentagon. That's something we should all be paying attention to. That outside sources, outside forces, outside of our borders are working hard to crack our systems, to crack our codes, to get inside. Now, Idiot politicians are allowing them to waltz right in. In some cases, we know what's happened with Eric Swalwell. We know, we know what's happened with others. Diane Feinstein having a Chinese spy as a, a driver, etc. We know that these weak brained people will allow spies into our systems. But when it comes to the military and those sensitive secrets, that is, uh, that's nothing to be taken trivially. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany suggested President Donald Trump is not going to be conceding anytime soon. He says he's still involved in ongoing lawsuits challenging the election. 
We've been keeping track of that here. Monday's Electoral College vote is one step in the constitutional process, she says, leading up to the January 20th date on an, or Inauguration Day. He's still pursuing ongoing litigation for this election. Electors in all 50 states cast their votes, with former Vice President Joe Biden and Senators Kamala Harris receiving 306 to Trump's 232. However, the Republican parties in several key states, such as Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, said their electors cast votes for Trump and Vice President Mike Pence. They say those votes were cast to keep legal challenges open for the president. Georgia GOP Chair David Schaefer, by the way, I'll come back to that shortly because I've got another story about the history of that being done. This is not unique. It's been done before, and it's been, 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 it's been done more than once. Now, the political pundits and the liars in, in the news will tell you this is unique. This is a challenge. This is unprecedented. It is not unprecedented. This is The Democrats have done this many, many times. So have the Republicans. They just don't want you to know that this is part of the process. It can happen, and it does happen from time to time. Pursuing legitimate litigation through the judicial system is in no way assaulting democracy. It's something that needs to be done. It should be done. It has to be done when it is clear that there has been massive fraud in the vote and that your vote is in danger. The will of the people is being usurped. Well, sleazy Uncle Joe. Stepped out in front of the cameras and the reporters and read his scripted victory speech from a prepared script in an attempt to secure his bid for the presidency, pass on the tone-deaf message of unity. Conservatives are left asking why they should unite with the Democrat Party. Their apparent leader is a 78-year-old man that coughed and cleared his throat through the message of unity where he took shot after shot at conservatives. So why should conservatives unite with the Democrat Party? This Democrat Party that has been, that has committed fraud and said horrible, evil things about all of us, all of this time. Joe Biden said, quote, more than 81 million of those votes were cast for me and Vice President-elect Harris. He said that 81 million votes is a record. And he also said, this is more than any ticket has received in the history of America. Well, after the Antrim County report released yesterday showed a 68.05% error rate, which far exceeds the FEC error rate limit, I talked about that yesterday, remember? Biden's doubled down, pouring his verbal salt in a wound that Americans feel is still bleeding. He brought up the lawsuits incorrectly, too. Of course he did. They're going to lie about what this all is. You need to to understand that. Everything they say about this election, everything the Democrats and their, their comrades in the press are saying about this election, everything is false. They brought up the lawsuits incorrectly. He stated that they were dismissed on merit, 
saying, quote, in every case, no cause of evidence was found to reverse or question or dispute the results. He continued calling the case's baseless claims about the legitimacy of the results. He's right that the legal claims haven't been successful yet. Still, the Biden uh, part, the part that Biden is conveniently not explaining is that the majority of these cases have been thrown out for filing or standing reasons, not on the merit of the evidence. And in some of those cases, there has been contempt on the part of leftist justices, leftist judges who don't want those cases being brought forth. Biden then goes after top Republicans. He said, even more stunning, 17 Republican attorneys general and 126 Republican members of the Congress. Actually, they actually signed onto a lawsuit filed by the state of Texas. He says these Republicans and the state of Texas were trying, quote, to get the Supreme Court to wipe out the votes of more than 20 million Americans in other states. He calls it a position so extreme and that it's something the nation has never seen before. We've also never seen this level of fraud. We've also never seen this naked attempt to steal an election before. After heavily attacking President Trump and other Republicans for the majority of his speech, Joe Biden then almost comically comes to an abrupt stop and says, and now it's time to turn the page as we've done throughout our history to unite, to heal. So he spends this speech, the time of this speech, lying to America about what has happened. We shouldn't be surprised about that, by the way. The entirety of Joe Biden's career has been one big lie. If he can't lie, he can't speak. So he lies to America. He condemns Americans for seeking legal avenues to assure that only legal votes have been counted. That's all that's been going on is the, is seeking the assurance that the votes cast were actually legal votes. That's all that's happening. Honest people want that. Honest people want to know that only legal votes were cast. Honest people who care for their country and their countrymen want to know that the election was legal, honest, and fair. Dishonest people will look at those honest people and accuse them of lying, which is exactly what Joe Biden is doing. Joe Biden refuses to acknowledge the damage the Democrats and the media have done over the last four years. Republicans are rightly hesitant to answer any calls for unity after the last four years. Don't expect the Democrats to continue building bridges either. The Democrats want the Republicans to ignore the conservative morals that make them Republicans in order to unify. And thank God, conservatives are refusing to cower anymore. One thing that Republicans are known for in political circles is losing with honor. Losing with honor. No. 
There is no such thing. Losing with honor means bending over and taking whatever they're wanting to do. That is not honorable. When it is clear that there has been illegal activity, when it is clear that a political party has stolen an election from the American people, when it's clear that the American people have committed a crime against you, when this party has committed a crime against this nation and the people of this nation, we cannot sit back and just lose with honor. And sadly, there are a lot of people in the Republican Party today who don't want to rock the boat. They want to be comfortable. They just want all of this to go away, and they want to move forward and be good little losers. And one of those people is Mitch McConnell. Yesterday, the turtle spoke. He congratulated President-elect Joe Biden on winning the presidential election, saying that the Electoral College has spoken. According to reports, he's also privately urged Senate Republicans not to contest the results of the election in Congress, despite Donald Trump's ongoing challenges to the outcome. There are legal processes playing out right now. Constitutionally supported legal processes. And Mitch McConnell wants everybody to ignore what's actually happened and just, oh, let's, let's just put all this behind us and move forward, okay? No. If we continue to just lose with honor, we will never win again. During a speech from the Senate floor, McConnell spent several minutes heaping praise on Trump and listing the president's many accomplishments during his term before saying, quote, Many millions of us had hoped that the presidential election would yield a different result, but our system of government has processes to determine who will be sworn in on January 20th. The Electoral College has spoken, so today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. According to the New York Times, a short time later on a private call with Senate Republicans, Mr. McConnell and his top deputies pleaded with their colleagues not to join members of the House in objecting to the election results on January 6th, when Congress meets to ratify the Electoral College's decision. This is according to three people familiar with what happened. I'm happy to say that Alabama Representative Mo Brooks, my home state, he's a Republican, has vowed to challenge the Electoral College votes in the House. The GOP congressman made his decision nearly two weeks ago, explaining, quote, in my judgment, if only lawful votes or votes by eligible American citizens were cast, Donald Trump won the Electoral College by a significant margin. And Congress's certification would re should reflect that. According to Politico, if a Republican senator joins the effort, however, it will force both chambers to take a vote on the election. But they have yet to get official buy-in from any GOP senators. Let me encourage you today. Make a call to your senator's office. Should he be a Republican? Make a call. Encourage them to do the right thing, not the comfortable thing. Encourage them not to lose with honor, but to fight for victory. They have to fight for victory. 
President Trump continues to insist the election was rigged against him and that Biden won due to widespread, widespread voter fraud. Yesterday, he tweeted, quote, tremendous evidence pouring in on voter fraud. There's never been anything like this in our country. He also retweeted a post from pro-Trump attorney Lynn Wood, who stated that Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp and Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, quote, will soon be going to jail, end quote, over their handling of the election in their state. Lynn Wood tweeted, photos doctored to show Kemp and Raffensperger wearing masks with the Chinese flag on it. Writing, President Trump is a genuinely good man. He does not really like to fire people. I bet he dislikes putting people in jail, especially Republicans. He gave uh, Brian Kemp and the Georgia Secretary of State every chance to get it right. They refused. They'll soon be going to jail. We'll see about that. Everything I have read indicates that in Georgia, these men who wear the Republican label are more willing to lose with honor than to fight for victory. They want to be comfortable inside the rigged system instead of uncomfortable fighting for you and your votes. And that has to come to an end all over America. It has to stop everywhere. And that won't happen until you and I pick up the phone and call those who represent us in Washington, D.C. and remind them that we're watching. We're paying attention. We know what's going on. And we know they're not fighting for victory. That they would be more comfortable just losing with honor. And that if they would prefer to lose with honor, then they will lose their seats. They will lose their office. And we will put someone in office who will fight for us. That message has to go to these people. They have to receive it. They have to understand it. And they have to believe it. Sadly, I don't think most of them will. And that's why we call them rhinos. Republicans in name only. Time for the final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Daily Perspective Podcast. Quick reminder, I told you the other day, but a little housekeeping. I'll be taking the week between Christmas and New Year's off. So, Christmas Day. Actually, yeah, Christmas Day through the next week through New Year's Day, back the Monday after New Year's, January 4th, the podcast will return. Of course, you know me, I'm a, I'm a news and info junkie, and I'm online all the time, so <laughs> I'll be sharing constantly. Also, item number two in housekeeping here, show notes is changing a bit. I, we're still going to have show notes every day, 
all the links to the stories that I go into that I talk about every day. They're made available at dailyperspectivepodcast.com. I'm actually setting them up their own website just for the show notes. And I'll tell you more about that when I get back after the holiday break, okay? All right, because it'll be live then, and uh, you'll be able to go look at it. Until then, you can't, so why give you a web address of a place that's still under construction? (laughs) That'll all come after the holidays. All right? Okay. Well, we were just talking about Sleepy Uncle Joe and uh, just uh, declaring his victory and condemning Republicans for seeking the truth. Just trying to make sure that the vote was, was proper and that nobody was disenfranchised. Now, it's interesting that they will constantly harangue us and accuse us, conservative people, of disenfranchising voters when actually all we're trying to do is to make sure that the rest of the voters aren't infran- disenfranchised by illegal process, uh, uh, an illegal process. So we're just making sure that le- only legal votes are counted. And when we try to do that, we, we're, they, they say, what do you mean? You don't believe these people? You think all these people are criminals? You think all these? Well, um, according to what we're seeing, there are plenty of them out there. We just want their votes not to count. And people who aren't voting legal, illegally, we want those people's votes to count. We're trying to keep the election honest is what we're trying to do. And everybody who cares about America should want that. But it's clear who doesn't want that. And those people that don't want that don't care about your vote. All they care about is winning. That's all they care about. And so Joe Biden gets up in front of America and makes a speech. How many people watched? That's a question that should be coming to mind. So how many people cared? It was a snoozer of a speech. Everybody, trust me, everybody missed it. Some industrious viewer got a screenshot of all the major live streams of the speech. It was streamed by a bunch of different places. Of course, the news outlets did and others. They streamed the speech. And if you missed it, don't feel, don't feel bad. A majority of Americans missed the speech. They were too busy clipping their toenails or washing their hair or grooming the dog or picking its zits or something. They were too busy to watch the speech. Some, some senile old man coughing through a speech he didn't write and he clearly did not understand. Midstream during the speech, his viewers only appeared to add up to about 52,000. 52,000 viewed online during the speech as it happened live. 52,000. Do you realize that Donald Trump actually had a rally not long ago with more than that, more than that number of people at the rally? And Joe Biden could only get 52,000 people to pull up their smartphone or their tablet or their laptop or whatever and watch his speech as it happened. When Trump gives a rally, his live stream numbers are in the half a million range. Right side broadcasting has been working hard to make sure that those, those speeches are shown online and they're getting half a million viewers. Now, when you add up all the channels together, Biden appears to only have a pittance of viewers. Like the, this is the guy we're supposed to believe got 82 million Americans to vote for him, more than Barack Obama 
The Lightbringer. He got more votes than Barack Hussein Obama. Really? With as many supporters as we're told voted for him, is it possible that hardly any of them wanted to see his victory speech? Seriously? 80 million people supposedly voted for him and only 52,000 watched the speech live online? It's just one more example of why none of this adds up. It looks like it had the, all the enthusiasm of a funeral with COVID attendance restrictions. The numbers perked up in the replays. CNN managed to show it to 700,000 people. But that still pales in comparison to a Trump rally rebroadcast. Trump's rally in Florida a month ago got over a million views on the replay on a single network. But those live stream numbers are the ones you need to look at to, to actually sense enthusiasm. 52,000. His speeches matter to only 52,000 people. And that just does not, it doesn't, it doesn't jive. It doesn't line up with a sweeping election victory bigger than anyone has ever seen before. Does it? There's a word that describes this all perfectly. It was on the side of Biden's bus. Malarkey. Now, if you try to be fair, find official reporting on the viewership numbers. Instead of just some guy, some random guy grabbing screenshots. You can't put 100% trust in those numbers because it's not possible to verify that. But if you search to see any of if any of the networks were reporting viewership numbers, record viewership numbers during the live stream of the speech, because you know they, they, they surely would if anything groundbreaking had happened that would make Sleepy Joe look good. But the only stories popping up about the speech last night are all the people concerned while watching Grandpa Joe cough repeatedly looking like he was about to faint. If NBC or ABC comes out today or tomorrow with some actual verifiable live stream numbers that show this to be false, then maybe it's a nothing burger. But what do you think? 52,000 people. 52,000 people watched online. A guy who supposedly got 80 million votes from Americans could only get 52,000 to watch live. What does that tell us? It tells us that Joe Biden and everything about him is a big lie. A big lie. Nothing we're being told about this election from the mainstream, from the Democrat Party, nothing about it can be trusted. Nothing. These are people who will lie when the truth will do. We can not trust them at all. All. At all. So don't. Okay? Don't. One last thing. One last thing in this last couple of minutes before we wrap things up today. It's an example of the insanity of today's society in America. And how far we've let things go. Because we got comfortable and just decided to trust the people who are the experts 
to do their jobs. The San Francisco United School District's School Names Advisory Committee has recommended stripping the name of a former president from a high school because this president allegedly did not show that black lives ever mattered to him. What's that president's name? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. This San Francisco United School District's School Names Advisory Committee has recommended stripping the name of former President Abraham Lincoln from a high school because he allegedly didn't show that black lives ever mattered to him. Abraham Lincoln, the man who gave us the Emancipation Proclamation, the man responsible for freeing the slaves, the man responsible for giving black Americans legal standing in America, didn't care and didn't show that black lives ever mattered to him. And this is who we're dealing with here, friends. This is progressivism in America today. This is the insanity that is leftism. They keep preaching lies as though they're true. Because they know that enough people will just trust them. Just believe whatever they say. Because after all, they are the experts. Take that little nugget into your day today and think about it. Think about the fact that these people are in positions of authority. They're responsible for the naming of high schools. And they want to strip away President Abraham Lincoln's name, the man who freed the slaves, who changed the course of a nation to abolish slavery. He never showed that black lives ever mattered to him. Progressivism is a lie, my friend. Never forget it. That's it for today. God bless you. Have a great day. Let's get back together tomorrow, shall we? We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Oh, we're, uh, we're done.